Hi everyone, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I've been in school today, which is really cool. Uh, I saw the lovely uh, Jessica Turrell, um, who's one of my year 12s, um, which is great. That was really lovely to see her. Um, I saw Miss Turner, which is always lovely to see her. Um, yeah, so that was fantastic. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, so that kind of made my day. Uh, saw Miss, Miss Stokes. Oh, she's so calming, isn't she? Totally bonkers, but so calming. Yeah, so that was really nice. Um, saw Mr. Speed briefly, organising um, people, um, losing weight because he's so busy. But yeah, yeah, all is well, all is well, all is well. Um, yeah, so, th you know, things are beginning to happen at school. People are coming in. It's all good, guys. It's all good. So, uh, yeah, um, everything is fine. The weather seems to have got back to a bit more of uh, something I can deal with. So that is fine. I can cope with that. Yeah. It's all fine, 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 fine. We're sort of gearing up to the fact that it's going to be Ruby Doobie's birthday on Friday. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Yes, sorry, I just lost my brain. Um, yeah, so that's all. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing. So, 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 we are on Sonnet um, 95. Today. Um, I don't know what I've done with my eyeglasses. I've got my. I'll, I'll just use these. Okay, so I've got I've got my sunglasses, which I've got my prescription in. So I'll just use these instead, and just look very cool. You can't tell, but I do look incredibly cool. Right, so here we go. How sweet and lovely dost thou make the shame which, like a canker in the fragrant rose, does spot the beauty of thy budding name. In what sweets dost thou thy sins enclose? That tongue that tells the story of thy days, making lascivious comments on thy sport, cannot dispraise but in a kind of praise. Naming thy name, blesses an ill report. Oh, what a mansion have those vices got, which for their habitation chose out thee. Where beauty's veil doth cover every blot, and all things turn to fair that eyes can see. Take heed, dear heart, of this large privilege, the hardest knife, ill-used, doth lose his edge. So, let's... Oh, Mr Foxy, one of them. Let's have a look. Which one is this one? It's got something in its mouth again. Where is it? Where are you going with that? Where are you going to hide that, Mr Foxy? I'm not going to hide that there. Oh, it's going to hide it in one of my... That's it. 
it's hiding it where we have dug something, dug one of the, where we put the pumpkins. Oh my lordy lordy. What are you doing? I think it hides all of its food. So, because they're like, they've got two other chums, and he hides, he, he puts his food in the hole so his two other chums can't have it. Or is he eating it now? What's he doing? Can't tell. And pee on my stuff. Both gone. Right, okay. So let's have a go. How sweet and lovely dust thou make. Oh no, he's walking past me. Walking past the mirror, my window. Got a very nice tail. It's quite a lovely young, pretty orange and brown colour. Right, anyway, okay. How lovely and uh, sorry, how sweet and lovely dost thou make the shame which, like a canker in the fragrant rose, does spot the beauty of thy budding name. Right, so you make the flaw that's ruining your reputation like a worm infecting a rosebud look so sweet and lovely. Mmm! So... You do that cute, naughty thing um, very, very sweetly. Um, oh, in what sweets dost thou thy sins enclose? Oh, you cover up your sins with such a sweet exterior. That tongue that tells the story of thy days, making lascivious comments on thy sport cannot dispraise but in a kind of praise the person who accuses you of wild lust sometimes manages to turn his criticism into praise so the person who says that you've been um, uh, unfaithful sometimes you know cannot say that but help him say self and say that you're you've been doing it in a kind of brilliant kind of way naming thy name blesses an ill report your name makes bad actions look good oh what a mansion have those vices got which for their habitation chose out thee, where beauty's veil doth cover every blot, and all things turn to fair that eyes can see. Your beauty serves as a veil that makes every bad thing you do seem good. 
um, yeah. Take heed, dear heart, of this large privilege. But be careful, dear heart, with this great privilege. Um, that beauty gives you. The hardest knife ill-used doth lose his edge. If you abuse it, it will stop working like a knife that loses its edge from misuse. So, this this is a very patronising sonnet and Shakespeare kind of lectures the fair youth on how deceiving appearances can be and he does it in a way where this appears to be quite a nice sonnet oh how sweet and lovely <laughs> dost thou make the shame which like a canker in the fragrant rose doth spot the beauty of thy budding name so it appears to be quite a praising um quite a praising sonnet you know but actually it's quite mean oh in what sweets dost thou it thy sins enclose you know you look fantastic but it, all of all of your beauty covers up just how horrible you are you know the tongue that tells the story of thy days making lascivious comments on thy sport cannot dispraise but in a kind of praise so the person who blackens your name and and talks about how you um have been so unfaithful can't even um you know can't um can't talk about uh how totally awful you are because of how beautiful you are uh, naming thy name blesses an ill report your name makes bad actions look good you know because you're so beautiful you make being bad look good oh what a mansion have those vices got But, it, you know, it's quite obvious that in the end, you know, take heed, dear heart, of this large privilege, the hardest knife ill used doth lose its edge. Now, it does, is that, is that telling him the fact that he's, that it's, that he's lost his influence on him the hardest knife ill used doth lose its his edge that that the fair youth has lost his edge with shakespeare mm, i don't know so you know basically that the this is about the fair the fair youth is utterly beautiful and shakespeare obviously thinks that he is not as beautiful and is quite ugly and and so that they are completely ill-matched 
but he's still, you know, talking to him, isn't he? Shakespeare knows that his relationship is doomed, but he's still talking to him, so he's still, there is still communication. So there is still um, a hesitance, hesitancy to make the final complete break. You know, because if there were, if that complete break, there would not be a sonnet. The hardest knife ill-used doth lose his age. In other words, the beauty that the fair youth uses to cover his faults will ultimately fail him. Eventually, the fair youth's true character will be exposed. And the ugliness that is inside him will be exposed. Yeah, it's all very sweet on the surface, but Shakespeare is sniping at the faith underneath. So it's all, so for all of, all of the fair you, oh sorry, for all of the Shakespeare saying, you have to be truthful, you know, and, and for art's sake, I have to write the truth, you know, it's very underhand and it's very hypocritical. You know, Shakespeare accuses the fair youth of being shallow and, and false, but fails to see that he himself is not being true to himself by sort of dressing up his words with this praise such as fragrant rose and sweet love, you know, how sweet and lovely, you know, and take heed, dear, take heed, dear heart. So, On what you know, on one hand, unless it's really, really kind of super icy cold, and he's just he's just saying, you know, you're, and this is a really snarky poem. How sweet and lovely dost thou make the, sh the shame, which, like a canker in the fragrant rose, does spot the beauty of thy budding name. Unless it's like that. Or if it's, how sweet and lovely dost thou make the shame, which like a canker in the fragrant rose, dost spot the beauty of thy budding name. Unless this is another doormat sonnet, you know, then this is completely hypocritical. I hope for his sake, this was hardened and that Shakespeare had now had eventually seen the fair youth for what he was you know it's saying here that he knew so it's got the tongue that tells the story of thy days um so he knows now that the fair youth had been unfaithful it's you know people are talking So he's he's he is understanding. He is understanding just exactly who this fair youth is. That um, Shakespeare has just been in love 
with the fair youth's beauty. That's it. So it, unless faith, unless Shakespeare is saying to him, you have got to sort out your morals, young man, then it's, you know, that, you know, unless, he, you know, Shakespeare is actually standing up for himself, eventually, you know, after however long, then, you know, oh my word, what has he learned? What has Shakespeare learned? You, honestly, he, he's got to have done, hasn't he? He's got to have done. making lascivious comments on thy sport. Somebody who writes that, making lascivious comments on thy sport, that's that's a person who knows exactly what's been going on. Don't you think so? I'd think so. Yeah. And so the others, all the other bits has got to be sort of ironic. Gosh, I hope so. Oh, my word, I hope so. But you just can't tell with some people. Some people say one thing. Well, they go, you know, you think you know what they're going to say. And then, you know, they say something completely different. Don't they? You can't tell with some people. So now we're going to move along to the next poem. We're going to travel, we're going to go along on that vein with kind of, you can't tell about some people. So we're going to go to a poem by Wally uh, Soyinka, okay, and uh, Wole uh, Soyinka is a Nigerian um, playwright awarded the 1986 Nobel Prize in Literature, and he was the first black African to be honoured in this category. He was born in 1934 after studying in Nigeria, um, you know, college and school and stuff. He ended up going to the University of Leeds. My mum and dad went to the University of Leeds. I was born there, not in the university, but whilst they were at university. Um, uh, Then after going to the university, he worked with the Royal Court Theatre in London, went on to write plays that were produced in both countries. uh, So Nigeria and um, England in theatres and radios. Now, uh, when he went back to Nigeria, he was there was lots of sort of political um, disquiet and stuff, and he was put into solitary confinement for two years during the Nigerian Civil War. Um, so, as with a lot of theatre, uh, sort of 
theatre people. He was very sort of articulate through his writings and through his plays about um, how he felt about things like apartheid and um, how he felt about things that were going on um, throughout his country um, and um, in terms of racism, um, systemic, endemic and, you know, globally. During the regime of General Sunny Abachi, I think it is pronounced, Soyinka escaped from Nigeria on a motorcycle. What a dude. Um, so then uh, Abachia uh, placed a death sentence on him, which was then later removed when civilian rule was restored. So I'm going to read you um, one of his poems which was uh, written or published in 1963. Um, and this kind of sort of uh, relates to what I was talking about before. When when you think a person is, is one way and then all of a sudden you just get completely diverted. Um, yes, and you'll kind of get an understanding about what I mean. It's called Telephone Conversation. Price seems reasonable, location indifferent. The landlady swore she lived off premises. Nothing remained but self-confession. Madam, I warned, I hate a wasted journey. I'm African. Silence. Silence, transmission of pressurised good breeding. Voice when it came, lipstick coated, long, gold rolled, cigarette holder, Picked. Caught I was, foully. How dark? I had not misheard. Are you light or very dark? Button B, button A. Stench of rancid breath of public hide and speak. Red Ruth. Red pillar box. Red double tiered omnibus. Squelching tar. It was real shamed by ill-mannered silence surrender pushed dumbfoundment to beg simplification considerate she was varying the emphasis are you dark or very light revelation came you mean like plain or milk chocolate her accent was clinical, crushing in its light, in personality, rapidly wavelength adjusted. I chose West African sepia, and as an afterthought, down in my passport. Silence for spectroscopic flight of fancy, till truthfulness changed her accent hard on the mouthpiece. What's that? Conceding. Don't know what that is. Like brunette. That's dark, isn't it? Not altogether. Facially, I'm brunette, but madam, you should see the rest of me. 
palm of my hand, soles of my feet are a peroxide blonde, friction caused. Foolishly, madam, by sitting down has turned my bottom raven black. One moment, madam, sensing her receiver rearing on the thunderclap about my ears. Madam, I pleaded, wouldn't you rather see for yourself? So that is um, a poem that he has written um, about a telephone conversation. Telephone conversation that many people um, would have had um, at the time. Um, It said, you know, the landlady was pleasant until she realised that the speaker is black, at which point she demands to know how light or dark the speaker is. In response, the speaker cleverly mocks the landlady's ignorance and prejudice, demonstrating that characterising people by their skin colour diminishes their humanity. You know, because... Colour, the colour of skin is, is all just pigmentation, isn't it? Um, if I look at my skin colour, I wouldn't say that I was white, but um, I'm certainly so, sort of peachy colour. Um, my And my hands are a completely different colour. Um, and I've got that sort of freckly bits all over the place and whatever. But, there, you know, when people... Um, uh, came over here from the West Indies, um, they were faced with um, uh, um, signs which said, you know, no no dogs, no blacks, no Irish, you know, and that, these are the kind of conversation, kind of conversations that they were having to ha- have. Um, and, and, when you reduce it down to the the, the the things that have been you know that the poet has um, looked at here, we can we can just see how kind of really ridiculous just to um, put it into into the um, how dark are you are you light or dark and and just would you ever have this conversation with a white person? Never, never, never. Um, and just how, just how gut-wrenchingly awful that would have to be to have to, to talk to somebody about how dark you were. Um, it's a horrible situation to put somebody into. But that is, you know, very much part of our history. Um, so, you know, uh, like I said, that was written in 1963. Um, and I um, thought that would be um, an interesting thing to uh, read about. Um, yeah, so that is the poem for today. Um, like, yeah, so um, like I said, he went to um, University of Leeds, um, where indeed my parents were at. I don't know, obviously, if... I, um, that was in the, the 70s my parents were at um, 
uh, I don't know when he was at the University of Leeds. I'll have to find out. Um, yeah, so um, he he was obviously looking for a flat or somewhere to live. Um, maybe in the 60s. Maybe that's what it was. Um, um, and people write about what they know. So he's obviously... Uh, writing from a conversation um, or conversations that he had right my lovelies um, that is it for today Um, so I'm going to go if you have um, any thoughts that you want to share with me or talk to me about um, get in touch with me on karen.vanderhoven at turnerschools.com and yeah we can have a chat about them um so stay in apart from when you're doing your various exercisey bits stay well um and stay gorgeous yeah speak to you soon take care bye